This episode was originally a live stream on YouTube. You could find out about all my content and how to follow and support me at erichunley.com. I hope to hear from you. And now, on with the show. My name is Eric Hunley, and this is Unstructured, where we have dynamic and formal conversations with some amazing people. All right, we are live with, I guess we'd say the fraud buster herself, uh, Tracy Brown. Is that a, a trademark term? It is, yeah. Fraud busting body language expert. That is me. Awesome. Okay, now you start out your bio, and I figure, you know what, we got to start it out here. You ask a great question. What do Lance Armstrong, Stormy Daniels, and Vladimir Putin have in common? Do you want the answer? I know the answer. I do, yes. <laughs> is the question. <laughs> they, have, they have me in common. I've been asked to interpret their body language on NBC, uh, CBS, and Fox to tell the world what they're not saying. And um, okay. all of them are hiding something. Uh, some of it's good, some of it's not good. And um, they're, I'm the one they call to, uh, the news calls to figure it out. Hey, and I think... You got your start um, on the news with James Holmes, is that correct? The Aurora shooter? Yeah, up until then, so a refresher on James Holmes. He was the guy who did the movie theater shooting in Aurora here. And um, up until that point, I had no idea that body language experts were on TV. Like, no idea. And what happened is they brought him in for his... Uh, Oh boy. I, some his first court appearance and he was mm -hmm. doing some really weird stuff, which I was just watching at home. Like, Oh yeah, I totally get what's going on with him. And then all of a sudden the phone started to ring and it was radio. It was TV. And it was so, it was, it came in so fast and furious that um, I went down to the TV station and I did two or three different segments. And while I was in the green room waiting for the next segments, I was on the air doing radio, <laughs> like just um, getting the word out. Cause it was such a shock around here. And he had done his hair special for the event, you know, with his orange hair and booby trapped his apartment and everything. And um, mm. some of what, what was going on, what was going on. I think they gave him antipsychotic um, medicine to uh, calm him down in um, when he was in jail, but he, he was doing certain eye patterns and running through uh, the same pattern every single question that they asked him. And so I was able to get a handle on that. And, and, and that's important to me. It became important because I could give some peace to our city and our, and our area here when there weren't any answers, just so we could understand things a little bit better. So well, what did you discover by, because I, I am sort of curious, you know, especially it's like, Body language or deception de detection, well, what is he deceiving? He was caught. He was armed. He was there. Um, what were you finding out or sharing? Well, it's not. it wasn't about deception at that point, right? Body language can tell you a lot of stuff. It can tell you what's on someone's mind, uh, but it doesn't tell you why. And, um, you know, when I focus on, on um, most of my talks are corporate talks and they're on lie detection, but um, that these days that wasn't always the case, and I have a you know I, I like to think pretty thorough background in body language, and so with him he was running through certain patterns, and I didn't brush up on it um, for this because I didn't know we would go there, but um, pretty welcome much, to the show. I know here we are. So he he would do certain eye patterns I remember, and then he would start to fall asleep, 
And then he would start to, he would wake up again and he, he would do the same pattern with his eyes and then he would fall asleep again. And, and that was pretty much with every question. And when I say fell asleep, he like almost fell asleep, like extra drowsy. Well, whenever we want to avoid a painful discussion or a painful thing to do, like for instance, if, uh, if you have problems paying your bills, a lot of times you're like, oh my gosh, I need a nap before I go in and really try to pay the bills. That's avoiding the situation, like, like checking out a little bit. And so, so he was doing that. Antipsychotics can't undo, uh, undo all of your thought patterns. Right. So anyway, it just showed that he was running in patterns and then it was, it got to be very painful for him. And so he'd start to check out and then he'd come right back to life. So, um, that's what I remember most about, about that. Hmm, okay. Interesting. And I brought him up because I've actually had, um, Dr. Robert King on, who has done studies on, on him, but more importantly or differently, hybristophiles, because apparently young James Holmes has quite a few women who are very interested in him, and they like to dye their hair and oh, all really? kinds of stuff. And the study was about how spree shooters or mass shooters are of two types. There's the young type, the James Holmes, mm -hmm. and then there's the older type, like the Vegas shooter. And there's that. really not much in between. And uh, the study was kind of finding that it was either at the upswing of their life and it was like a, a signal to mate, you know, using evolutionary psychology or the downswing. And it was kind of a way to be taken out. And the younger ones often live um, or caught alive because it's sort of the twisted way of getting that glory. Oh yeah. And the other ones are just kind of taking it out. I, I don't know if you have ever looked into that kind of thing or. I haven't, but here, here's one thing that seems uh, consistent that surprised me about the, um, about the Vegas shooter is that he was a millionaire and mostly mm -hmm. um, these uh, mass shooting guys, cause it's always guys are um you know life's not going right for him and and that translates to being broke um mm. now i will tell you that um that showed itself again unfortunately the uh I, i'm in boulder colorado and that uh grocery we just had a shooting two weeks ago and uh, that was at my grocery store is right here by the house and um oh, and so here it was 20 year old guy not going good living with his parents and you know this has got made fun of his whole life and then this is this is what you get, you know, and um, I guess that was a lot more personal to me than the, even the Denver shooting because uh, or Aurora, I should say, because that's what happens in Aurora or Thornton around here. Like, that's just kind of what happens. It doesn't happen in Boulder. We like to think we ha have this little bubble, but it, it just burst. So um, the Vegas shooter is one of those who does have me wondering. I forgot the name. Of, I don't know if it's psychotropic or antipsychotic drugs, but there have been some, again, I don't want to go too far out above my ski, you know, ahead of my skis, but I know people have talked about a coral, possible correlation, not necessarily causation, but anti-psychotic um, drugs and mm -hmm. things seeming to be not uncommon with the uh, shooters. Um, well, they're going to do that to settle you down. I think, um, th and they did another drug like that, uh, over in, in, oh, in Aurora again. Um, geez, busy there. Um, I know we're in the wild west. I mean, Colorado, dang, we're not having a good time here the last few years. Um, but, uh, there was a, uh, 
African-American guy, little skinny kind of guy. And um, the cops stuck him with some kind of thing and it was too much for him. And he, and he died. And that was on the news. Not, not long ago. So mm. um, Arbery. Uh, is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So the Arbery. Yeah. Yeah. Ar- Ar- sounds right. Anyway. So, um, you know, not being on that end of um, antidepressants is what I'm talking about. Um, antidepressants, that's a whole other thing than antipsychotics. Like the, the yeah, yeah, but sorry. Yeah. So, so the, I, I'm not on that end of, of working with law enforcement is like the mm. actual arrest of people and uh, containment and uh, restraint and all that kind of stuff. So I'm probably not the, like what I've studied about those has been really minimal when I'm in, in trainings with, um, with the guys that are doing that. Okay. Well, um, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, um, that type of thing. That's what I was talking about that there, there seem to be a lot of them who are taking that. Oh, um, could think, be, could be. I think Sandy hook, he was very heavily on it. Steam paddock was on it. Uh, others are on it. So that was just one of those weird, you know, people are talking about a lot that it tones people down to where it almost like strips them of conscience possibly, or certain people, like maybe there's a, a weird reaction with some. Um, well, you know, it's, it even says that on the uh, on the news, uh, or I say the news because that's where they advertise all of those medicines, right? On the bottle. <laughs> yeah, Fox News, man. You want to know about what medicine you need? You turn that on. And um, but let, let's talk about what I do know about, which is how yeah. anxiety and depression gets created. Because I spent a long time as a therapist, and um, okay. and and I think. I spent a long time reading people and that's why I'm good at what I do now. I don't, while well, I don't see clients anymore that way. Um, and, and so anxiety is putting uh, negative events in the future and focusing on them, right? That's, that's the mm-hmm. mental structure of anxiety. And then um, depression is anger turned inward, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. um the, the good news is that all of that can be undone when the client wants to do it. The bad news is that Americans mostly want to take a pill and don't want to deal. And so uh, the side effects are, aren't, aren't always the best. And it, I think there's a time and place for, for medicine. Um, but I think it's ideally it's very short term, excuse me, very short term. Mm-hmm. And um, there needs to be more work done to actually cause important change i gotta pick up somebody in the background this is the uh anti-anxiety uh, yeah, huh? tool that i have right now who's fussing in the background he uh doesn't like being interrupted on the day sometimes uh-huh. okay i didn't know if you were a therapist or not that's fascinating and then there's the other end of it too and you can maybe speak to a little bit but I think that exercise has been shown to have some positive effects with uh, anxiety and other other things like that. Yeah, well, it is for me. That's for sure. Um, and if I don't get my exercise, if you want to see me cranky, um, you'll keep me penned up for <laughs> for a couple of days without exercise. It's a huge stress relief, and some people don't like it. But even just going out on a walk and breathing the fresh air and just enjoying even just a part of your day can um, 
can really start to change your behaviors. But what do we do? We get addicted to video games or Facebook or there's so many better things to be doing that are, quote, more important. But there's really not like you do have to take care of yourself. And um, I think it could solve a lot of the world's problems, not all of them. But uh, if, if self-care in in some manner of speaking is uh, is good for us all. Okay, now you were a professional cyclist, and mm. that's taking the exercise to let's just say the nth degree. Like the, the, yeah. the amount of of obsession and single minded mindedness mm-hmm. involved to get to that level, that pointy edge, is way beyond any kind of normal exercise that almost can go into the unhealthy realm. Yeah, absolutely. For some, mm-hmm. um, but after that, after you retired your career, you went in and started to do the fraud busting and body language. Can you tell me about well, that? There's a gap in there. We're leaving out some space. Oh, well, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was, a, a, I got to be really good at, at, at cycling and I did race professionally for a time. I was on team USA. And I think we talked about one of my teammates who got to be very famous. His name's Lance. And <laughs> um some people probably heard of him. He was on, we were on the same bike shop team growing up and also on team USA at the same time. So, um, so there's that keeping up with him was, uh, hard to do. And, and so, um, when I was done with that and that was through college and a couple of years after college, I had a, I had a couple of real jobs, which, and it turns out that, um, I'm not real employable, uh, because, because, uh, for a few reasons, one is because all they do in corporate America is tell you what to do. And I'm not good at people telling me what to do when things don't seem like they make sense. So, um, uh, that kind of got in my way. And, uh, I, I went to, um, get trained in hypnosis and NLP and uh, Hawaiian Huna. And anyway, I started seeing clients and I did that for quite a while. And it came to be that I, um, I just wanted to help more people because uh, that's a, that's a B to C model. I needed a B to B model. I thought it'd be more reliable, help me make more money. And sure enough, it did. And I, I started speaking. Now what I thought I was going to speak on is not what I speak on now. So I, um, I thought I was going to speak on a retired athlete speaks to corporate America, tells them how to get their mind straight and accomplish their goals, pump them up and leave. I was going to ask, yeah, NLP, was that down the uh, mindset Uh path? Because, I mean, it was originally, from what I understand, created to help people train by duplicating processes that were successful, be it rifle, you know, shooting a rifle or whatever. Yeah, it's it really there's there's a there's a lot of things you can do with NLP, but basically it'll tell you how to um, how to create a mindset of excellence and whatever that is for you. So whether it's getting past whatever's going holding you back, um, fears, phobia, anxiety, depression, like chronic pain, any of that, like all of that, it has a huge mental component. If you can let your let your mind be free, a lot of times that that problem will um, dissipate or go away. But then, so that gets you back to like steady state, right? But then how do you get up to here? And um, the NLP offers some cool processes to, to do that. So um, anyway, so I did that. And then um, I wanted to get into speaking because like I said, so I could help help more people. Mm. And then the recession hit right then 2008. And I, mm. um, Everything I had on my calendar wiped clean, uh, like really all speakers, but 
it, it exposed like COVID now. Yeah. <laughs> Last year. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and we'll get into how those are similar sure. uh, soon. But um, I, I wasn't as good of a speaker as I thought I was. Uh, so there was a blessing. Like it gave me some time to step mm-hmm. back and uh, improve. <laughs> right. And um, uh, right then a client of mine called. He's like, hey, here's the deal. Money for focus groups to um, pick and persuade a jury has for, for lawyers, right? Had money for those focus groups has just dried up. Um, I know you can help my lawyers pick and persuade a jury on the fly with your persuasion stuff and your body language stuff. So put together a program and come in. I'll see you in three weeks. And so I did. And I couldn't, from that point on, I couldn't talk people out of the body language and persuasion information. And I, I just ran with it. And over time I developed it further and further and I developed further um, into lie detection. And, and when, uh, and this is you know, a period of several years. And when I, when I really started tagging it as fraud prevention, it, um, it worked really well for uh, financial insurance um, and uh, safety groups, anybody who's doing an investigation or want or doesn't like the bottom line that they see uh there's the the fraud the fraud line in their uh, P&L statement then that's where I come in so so I'm solving a very expensive problem I'm a piece of solving a very expensive problem for them yeah I think um in another interview you stated that x number of businesses go out, go under partially because of fraud be it uh I mean, I guess a bar, you know, the till keeps getting scraped by employees all the way to larger businesses. Well, um, it's not just current employees, even hiring. Forty percent of people hire uh, or lie in a job interview and Mm -hmm. um, in a material way. Yeah, 40 percent. And so I think that's low. I would think it's higher. Okay, that's the last stat I had. So if you have another stat, then you can go <laughs> no, with I'm it. I'm just saying that because people embellish, at a minimum, they embellish or exaggerate to a degree. So I, I, I know that there's obviously people who lie and flat out say things they don't do, but does that include the embellishment aspect of it or exaggeration aspect? Um, you know what? I, don't, I can't imagine that it does because we all embellish, right? And so um, <laughs> I, I, think, okay. I think these were material lies that, could okay. actually be like the worst one that I've heard is there was a guy who positioned himself as a climbing guide and they sent him over to um was it Nepal or somewhere to to guide people on a on a big excursion and he didn't know how to tie a knot and uh his his crew figured it out pretty quickly but yeah he made it through the job interview like that and so um wow. th- that's that's the most egregious one that I've that I've come across Okay. Well, my wife um, worked at a at a university where the president lied about his entire education. Oh well, there, yeah. There's that, and then there's also um, I got a call from Oregon State, who was just about to bring me on if they needed to, because their uh, their president got wrapped up in some uh, basically ignored some sexual assault cases down at uh, Louisiana State, and so they're like they they had me kind of on speed dial for when this guy was gonna hit the stand if they um, if they needed to uh, prosecute or do whatever they needed to do have an investigation uh, with him. So anyway, yeah, I, there's all sorts of ways people can lie to save their job, to get a job, to um, 
uh, you know, say they're qualified for something or, or the real reason they left their last job. Like there's, there's, and then, and then when they get there, then there's a whole other level of lies. Like what happened to the petty cash or, um, <laughs> you know, just th that's a little one uh, all the way up to uh, why, why did we get a, um, here, here's one. Why did we get, okay. There was a CEO no, no, CFO. He was a CFO of a big company. And he set up a separate bank account where he that's where he would send uh, the rebates for their uh, products that they would buy and mm -hmm. uh, separate from the main bank. And he um, he left the company, shut down the bank account, went to go build his dream mansion in Georgia and got the company got a call. Hey, we got this rebate check. Your account is closed. Um, can we, Ooh. can we send this somewhere for you? And they went, what, what are you talking about? And so they did all this research and they figured out at least, uh, I think he would, it was up to like a million dollars or some such thing. And this is how he answered or he answered the questions. So they called him. And we're like, hey, do you know anything about it? And he said, I'll give you 700000 right now just to clear this whole thing up. That's how you know someone's guilty. And the, and the real total wasn't near $700,000. But that's mm -hmm. that was his way to address it and just hope to get it to go away. So, um, so yeah, people do all sorts of crazy stuff. Now, you pointed that out, though. That, that makes me think of a couple things. Like, number one, he's done it before. And he was able to get out of it by paying it off. And two, I I have heard well, a he lot. He wanted that, to get out of it by paying it off. They didn't. They right, didn't but I'm saying that he probably it. has had it successfully happen in the past. I mean, people tend to repeat themselves. If they're a fraudster, they've probably been doing it since they were 12. Oh, yeah. It's just, you know, one variant scam, you know, whatever. Or there's a slippery slope of, okay, nobody notices it or you know, uh, I should have gotten the promotion anyway. So, you know, that really is my money or I mean, there's a, a million ways to justify. Nobody's a villain in their own story, but um, I have heard before that there are a lot of fraud cases where the employees just essentially are fired and out the door because it's too embarrassing for the entire management who is ultimately responsible for what happened. And they're like, okay, just, Get, get them out and we don't talk about it. Have you yeah, seen any of that? That is true. And um, because it, because it is a big reputation thing, but get this. So uh, Terry Rich is a friend of mine and he is the former CEO of the Iowa lottery. And you mm. may have seen this on Dateline because they did a story on it. I think it was a whole episode and they really had to decide because they had an internal employee who rigged the computer systems. And he knew if he went to one gas station on a certain day and picked these certain numbers that he would win. Right. But he couldn't go in. No, he did. He went in himself and bought it. But then he gave the ticket to someone else who gave it to someone else. Mm. So it wouldn't look like he, he laundered it in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. He laundered his ticket. And so he, um, so he wins the lottery and he did it two or three times. This, this group did it two or three times and they, they figured it out and they had to um, really decide what they were going to do. 
like, were they going to go public with this investigation or not? Because it is a huge risk uh, with their integrity. Because if people think the lottery is not legit, mm -hmm. um, they're not going to play. Stop playing. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way Terry put it is he goes, like, this is gambling. But, but the bigger picture is that this funds parks. This funds the arts. And um, to have that money go away is a big deal. Like, that was his concern. Get this. Every time an, a story uh, uh, came out in the news about this, the sales of tickets went up every single time. And they ended up finding this guy and they found out he was internal. And um, again, ticket sales just went through the roof. So on a certain level, um, no, no news or what do they say? All publicity is good publicity. Um, and that's, sure. That's the way that they went, but they had to decide at every step, are we going to go further with this? Are we going to investigate this further? So um, anyway, they they had some pretty big red flags that there was some fraud because they knew that they had a winning ticket out there. And every now and then people would call to say that they had it. And he would have to, he'd say, okay, great, come in. Well, they would never show up in person, right? Or the mm. next time it would be a lawyer in New York all of a sudden that had it who was who was um, calling to claim it for their client, right? Like mm -hmm. things like that. And, and then it got to be the day before the deadline. It's the year deadline on those tickets. Like you have to show up. You have to, a person mm -hmm. has to show up. And um, th that's when it kept going on like that. And they just knew that something was out of line with it. And they they were able to to figure out that this internal guy is the one that did it. Well, it's amazing. Um, I also think back uh, to the FBI um, breaking up the McDonald's scam, the monopoly. Yeah, I interviewed oh, one of those guys. Giant, yeah. yeah, I interviewed oh, one of those guys on my podcast. Yeah, so uh, my podcast. We're going to be talking about your guests. Yeah. <laughs> I want some <laughs> intros. My, my podcast is called Fraud Busting. And um, during the pandemic, I was able to find people that maybe wouldn't normally have time for me. But um, for everyone not familiar there, for about 12 years, the um, Florida Mafia took over the um, McDonald's, uh, is it McMillions? Yeah, the McDonald's game where they, no, oh. Monopoly. McDonald's. Monopoly, Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And anyway, I was able to interview some, uh, well, one of the, no, two. I interviewed two of the FBI agents that helped crack it. And, and they're in corporate America now, and also one of them's retired. So mm -hmm. that was pretty interesting to uh, get to talk to them. And and they had, again, an internal guy, and he uh, he had a – well, for one, you should watch the show, um, which is called McMillions. It's, on, it's a six – I think a six yeah, series. Yeah, it's like HBO or yeah, Netflix. HBO. Or totally worth watching i'm gonna spoil it for you right now because he had to transport those winning pull tabs because they put them like on uh the uh cups of coke and on the french mm, sure. and, that. and he had them in an envelope and they were in like one of the airline clubs the united club or whatever the suitcase was was handcuffed to his to his wrist and his um because there's two people watching it at all the time and his uh, the other girl watching it was a, well, a woman so he went to the bathroom because that's what he had to do and he had a like an exacto knife and he opened up this envelope just perfect 
stole those out and then um, put these other ones back in that were losers and distributed those out to his circle so um, so that they so it wouldn't look like it was him. Right. So anyway, and he used and he would get kind of unsuspecting people and and threaten them and say he needed half and then he'd come back for more than half. And uh, it just got to be really an out of hand thing. And, and it was 12 years. So if you did not win Monopoly and McDonald's, now you know why. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason. Yeah. Um, and actually, on that note, um, I've had Jerry Williams on, who um, is an FBI agent, and uh-huh. she worked financial crimes through Philadelphia. And one of the reasons she enjoys that is because it's not as bloody in general. But there have been cases of fraud that actually are, you know, horrible circumstances. And I didn't know if you've dealt with any. Uh, one example she had on was a uh, a doctor out of a Kansas City area um, in Missouri who was, shall we say, going light on prescribing medications to Uh cancer patients and whatnot because it's super expensive drugs. So he would go like half a dose and pocket the money, which is a horrible, horrible crime. And people died. Have you ever dealt with a a fraud on that kind of level? I I have not. And um, I have the same sentiment as Jerry because I can't do all the blood and guts and things like that. And and let Mm -hmm. me tell you, because I'm very sensitive and not not like sensitive like a snowflake, but sensitive like I pick up on people's energy. And I I, I really don't like to be around hardened criminals like that who've killed people because Mm -hmm. it makes me sick. Like I'll I'll pick up on that. And um, anyway, so yeah, I I try to keep it to. teaching people what to look for, working on investigations that, um, that come across my desk and, um, and helping my friends with their online dating profiles or uh, reading online dating profiles for uh, men. They may want to be going out with. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that because I, I had heard that. And that was interesting because you said you can look at the pictures mm-hmm. and are you doing a physiognomy? Boy, I don't know. That's a fancy word. Um, I'll tell you what I do. It's also known as face reading. Um, There's phrenology, which is a a quack science from a long time ago where they did the shape of the head and it was used for promoting racism around the turn of the 20th century. Then physiognomy, which is like Chinese face reading that goes back a couple thousand years. And it's determining, you know, features, whether, uh, what their personalities are like things like that um well i don't i here okay here's the deal i've never read anything on any of this um when i was a therapist i got really good at understanding people's uh behaviors and their um emotions and what that what kind of behavior that what their emotional what their emotions would lead to as behavior in their life and some some of that had to do with physical characteristics so um and I just, I just did this. I was just in Alaska. I spoke to the Alaska Realtors Association and during our lunch break, they, they pulled up some pictures and wanted me to uh, tell them about these people. And so the um, basis that I use is that, especially on online dating profiles, someone is putting up a picture that is their best picture. Like they want to put their best foot forward. So that's a huge assumption going in. Okay. And uh, what what I do, the first thing I do is take my hand and put it over the screen and uh, cover up everything but their eyes. 
right? So if someone's mm. smiling, but they, but you cover up their eyes and they look angry, well, that person has latent anger going on, right? And so when they get stressed, that's probably the corner they're going to go to. So they go to four corners is anger, sadness, fear, or guilt when they get stressed generally. Okay. So, um, if you can tell if someone has an anger issue before you go out with them, like you're pretty far ahead. Like I, I think, right. Hmm. Um, of the game. I think for women, I think that's super important to know. So, that's um, weird though. so it's not the Duchenne smile that you're looking at there when you're describing that, because uh, I mean, I think of the whole, you know, you're not smiling with your eyes. You're only smiling. Well, with the bottom there, there's head, a but. little bit of that. Right. But, but what if, what if someone had like this and then they like, I can't do it. Cause it's not me. Right. It's not, it's not how <laughs> I, um, present like what's going on inside right is hopefully not on most days um a lot of, okay. A lot of, oh okay well you know we got you on the bad day i know i know i think you got me on a pretty decent day today but um so so you can look for look for things like that and anyway so far um i'm batting a thousand and um so if anyone is uh listening i will give you that offer as well i will give you a few lines if you send me a picture on someone and one question um I'm happy to to do that as um, you know, it might not be as quick as you want, but I'll, I'll get to you eventually. Um, well, but, I've got somebody I can pick on right now. <laughs> oh no. We, we better not pick on people. I like to keep this under. No, the... no, I'm not. I, I asked him in the chat. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a friend of the show. Hmm. Well, uh, um, a good guy. let's see. I didn't know if you could determine anything off of his expressions at all. Um, well, here's the thing. I don't know if this is his best picture, right? So what I would want to do is see what, if he put that on his online dating profile, I'd be, I'd be, um, it's his Facebook you know, profile picture I, as, as someone trying to date him, I'd be a little concerned. Right? He's already <laughs> married. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think there's a better picture out there of him. So, um, All right. anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm batting a thousand. I'm probably going to regret this. Yep. Sorry, Gavin. You are re regretting it currently, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, one, one of my friends, I told her, uh, and she would send me these pictures all the time. I'm like, okay, that guy, you know, he's not going to be for you. Uh, and that, right. that, and she would go out with them. And, and finally, this one guy, I was like, look, do not go out with this guy at all. Do not go out. I'm telling you right now, this guy is trouble. He is a, he will come, he will stalk you. It is going to be bad. Sure enough. He turned out to be a stalker and cause she went out with him. Cause our other friend who's clueless told her it wouldn't be a big deal. If she just went out. And so finally I didn't have to talk with her. I'm like, look, here's the deal. If, if I tell you something, I am a professional. <laughs> this is like, this is real information and I'm not going to do this anymore. If you're going to just ignore what I say. And so anyway, she listened mm -hmm. and a couple guys later, she sent me this picture and I was like, he's the one, he's the one for sure. And, um, they're going down the path to getting married right now. So anyway, um, Awesome. Well, somebody's asking, where do they send the photos? Send to the photos? Uh, bodylanguagetrainer.com? Uh, it's Tracy at tracybrown.com. You get one picture. That's all you get <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Get. I'll put you on a subscription plan, I guess. I don't know. I just do it for fun. So... <laughs> There you go. Well, at least get through. Right, yeah. You're going to at least be put on a an email list if you do, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah, that's our deal. I'll put you on my email list. So and you'll get get a little bit of intel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, hey, it's gotta be worth, you know, the effort. Obviously, it takes time. 
Now, um, how do you look differently? Because I'm assuming you're also doing it for potential employees or hires or are I you not a consultant? That, um, for hiring, uh, people have uh, a couple things they'll do. They'll put me on their, on their team to, to hire. And um, if they ask them back for a second interview, uh, then, you know, I have a little bit of information. And because uh, because one one friend of mine brought me in and this guy kept he would answer his uh, answer questions. And then he would always he would do this like right before he answers the question. And then he would get mm. asked the question and he'd he'd do this again. And so I'm like, you got to bring him back because he's he's covering something up like he's withholding information from you. So you got to really mm. dig deeper in that discussion. Um, about whatever he's holding back because that's, that's a cousin when people, um, you know, block their mouth or maybe they roll their, um, into their, uh, like over their teeth. Like that, that's another sign that you got to get off your script and get off your plan and ask some deeper questions because they're holding something back on you. So, um, so I've done that for interviews. Uh, people have embedded me into their sales teams for, for big Mm. meetings like, um, I'm not going to say who it is, but, but a big vendor wanted to, um, get a deal with a school uh, board. Right. Um, and, and it would be a very, very, very big deal for a very, very big school system, uh, here in the States. And, um, it's one thing to, to re- get a read on one person that it's another thing to get a read on a group and, mm. and figure out who's really in charge and who, like, who is the unconscious mm. leader of the group. It may be the president, let's say, if that's the top person, or it may not be. And starting to understand that, understand how the, how the group's interconnected, who's really in right. charge and who you need to, like, who you need to tailor your presentation to so that you um, can really grab the whole group at the same time. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll do stuff like that too. Okay. That's awesome. I, I have a um, friend of the show, Susan, actually, who does face reading. Oh, ironically, cool. um, She's done some undercover work for companies for CEO hiring. Oh, that'd be fun. Oddly enough. Oh, I've never done that. That what, what I, I'm going to describe it as best I can. I may not be, um, Perfectly on point, but some of it's just to check personality type of things. So uh-huh. she will kind of be on a different floor and be in the elevator with them, you know, times that they're traveling to and from the interview and not necessarily in the interview. Uh-huh. And she kind of is a, is a bumbling, you know, she acts like she's a little bit bumbling, a little bit silly and just kind of notes how they treat her when they're not under scrutiny at any time. Oh, I love that. You know, when they're off that. And have you ever done anything um, of that kind? I've never been hired to do that. I can't say that I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I'd be good at that. I've I just never been hired to do it. I think that's a genius idea. So, because um, because what was it? Was it the Uber CEO who kicked the dog in the elevator? Remember that a couple of years ago? They had the, the elevator cam <laughs> and, he, and he kicked Wouldn't be surprised. Off. Yeah, it was Uber or um, or Lyft or one of those. So, so yeah, I mean, people's personalities, um, it, it comes out some, it's going to come out somewhere and, and that's going to affect their leadership style. So I think that's super important. That That's probably the most important information to know. Okay. And I, um, I actually had on uh, Wendy Patrick a couple, a few weeks back and she's a DA um, out of San Diego. And we talked about 
dating. So I'm going to get back to that because I, okay. I think it's worth repeating and get your feelings on it. Um, and my speculation is that you always look at how people treat the little people, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean them as little people. I mean, if you're dealing with somebody who's a bit narcissistic as someone that they would see as beneath them or little or wrong, oh, yeah. I personally don't. And you can find out a lot on a date by how they treat the waiter. If they're mocking to them of, or if they're making fun of people, what do you think about it? Absolutely. I think that's totally true. I think um, you can also, everything you need to know is about how they treat their dog. Right. So mm -hmm. um, same, same concept, same concept. So the, I, I think the key to this though, is to not ignore it. Cause what we do is we try to justify behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Like take the first thing that you see and do not ignore it. Right. Cause what do they say? Fool me once is shame on you. Fool me twice is shame, shame on, me. on me. It is really that way. And, and what we want to do is delete negative behavior. Right. But um, over time, you're not going to be able to do that. And it's not, it's not going to be a, a good situation. Okay. So now as an example, when you're, are you doing more now of just training people how to spot a, um, a fraudster or are you actually doing um going within the corporation and and doing investigations yourself at this point? oh god so i'd say yeah i'd say the vast majority of what i'm doing is keynotes and online trainings so um so the and then i do the investigations when they come across my desk okay what i'd be interested what is the most interesting and again don't name names i okay. don't care um what is the most interesting case that you've dealt with personally and what happened? Oh boy. I, you know, three of them come to mind. Okay. Um, uh, the first one that I thought was just interesting because it was just interesting is um, it was a water law case in, in a, a state. I can't say a lot about it. No, it doesn't matter. But, um, Water law as in what? Uh, rights? As, like, yeah, uh, how much water can you use on your farm? Okay, cool. On your Got commercial it. farm. And the, the big thing in this case was were the investigators able to, did they have jurisdiction to report this water overage at this certain farm like in this certain like county let's just say mm -hmm. so and that becomes a really big deal when you start start understanding okay there's a really severe drought and all these crops could die if you don't use the right amount of water and uh were they purposefully told to go into other uh jurisdiction that wasn't theirs right because if they were mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you can't really use that evidence right to do mm -hmm. these fines uh, but but you, you have to take a lot of things into consideration, right? Like, um, well, there's the food supply, right? But then mm -hmm. we all need water too. And you, like if someone's hogging the water, like that, that doesn't work either. So anyway, mm -hmm. I had to um, deconstruct that uh, hearing and that got pretty interesting. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they were sent purpose, purposefully uh, to to find that infraction. So, um, even in the wrong jurisdiction, so that, um, so they were set up or they... I don't know if they were set up, but, but they were, they, they, the state knew that they were not 
acting appropriately in mm-hmm. in their water usage and okay. they did not do the right thing to handle it right so okay. um that's that's what i think um here here's one that uh yeah. So, uh, 4% of women, and this is, this is my latest statistic from the FBI, uh, 4% of women lie in a sexual assault case, right? Mm-hmm. So that means 96% are, are truthful. And I, um, I was asked to do a case, uh, a private investigator asked me to help him. Uh, we found one of the four percenters, uh, mm-hmm. and it was in a, airport. And if anyone flies around the country, you've probably been to this airport. And the question was, were, was it consensual or not? And, um, my thought is that it was, mm-hmm. but, um, that's, that's not what this girl said. And, um, there was a lot involved whenever, whenever people start bringing up, um, god all the time she's like i go to church i would never you know that like that's red like right there boom like liar okay well that gets into statement analysis actually um or or i don't you know the behavior panel right greg hart oh yeah 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 okay well uh, they call it chaff and redirect Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a lot of well, I'm a good church, but people will tell me if you ask anybody and I'm the most honest person on the planet, yeah, yeah. you're like, that's not a no. <laughs> all of that. Right. And she was on her way to a church event and had an overnight layover in the, in the airport, but didn't get a hotel. And she, she doesn't drink, but she somehow ended up with a double bourbon at the bar, you know, and all, all this, I would never drink because I go to church, you know, all of this stuff. And, um, Anyway, the other thing is that um, people who are guilty, who are, who have not, how, how do I say this? Um, basically, he the guy is sitting in jail and he will not take sexual offender training because he's, to get out of jail. Because he's he like, I didn't do it, damn it. Do it I'm right? not going to take your stupid training. I didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. And that's another hallmark of someone who's. Uh, who's truthful. So anyway, I, um, I spent a lot of time on that in, in the, the interrogation, the police interrogation video was horrible. Was, um, the, the witness was, uh, the victim was led. Um, it, it was not a good, a good interview. Um, mm. and anyway, so I, uh, I helped on that and I, I kind of did my part and then stepped away. So I don't, I don't know where things are right now. It's been a few years ago. So, um, mm-hmm. those are a couple, I had another in mind, um, which just escaped me. But, uh, anyway, those, those are some of the big ones, you know, the other ones, the other ones that I do, and I, and they aren't necessarily investigations, but they're uh, uh, bigger investigations is when the TV calls. So, so I do a lot, whenever there's a murder or something goes on, uh, politics, uh, they'll, they'll call me, um, and Chris Watts because he was yeah Chris Watts yeah we did that I called that one before um before he confessed because uh, it was wasn't it, he kind of he was pretty obvious though or I, I feel no, like he, he wasn't the best I've a, ever seen he's not a professional criminal it was pretty evident like from his um statement but here's what it was if there's something great about that case which is a horrible situation uh for mm-hmm. those unfamiliar Chris Watts he lived over here again in Colorado about uh. 45 minutes over here. And um, 
all of a sudden his what his pregnant wife and his two girls were missing they were just missing and he didn't know anything about it and here's what's unique about that is that we have uh because channel seven got out there and they did an interview with him before i think even before the police got there and there's a seven minute uninterrupted uncut video of him mm. explaining this whole thing away and uh that might not be the right term but at least um saying he doesn't know okay sure sure and, and that's really unusual to get because most of the time people want to make it those editors right the the producers they want to make it interesting so they cut away and they like the, like when they cut away that's the stuff i want to see right yeah and, that'll make you crazy um, and so i was able to um take a look at that and it was a little harder because he had a beard um, mm -hmm. but he was doing too much to say, wait, wait a minute, this guy's not being straight. Right. And what happened with that, um, is that I was speaking, I was in Kansas city and I saw, mm -hmm. I turned on the mornings. Uh, I remember this cause I had, I had a big chunk of the day to, um, like I wasn't on till like 2 PM. I remember it. And I was looking for something to write about in my newsletter because I, I kind of mm -hmm. hadn't had anything. Cause I do my newsletter once a month. I talk about someone lying or some, some, uh, something interesting right that, that people sure, can, sure. can learn from and uh, i turned on the news and here's this guy and um it was a small story on the national news at that point and i was like oh yeah maybe i'll dig into that i'll write about it when i get home well then my phone started to ring and it's it's all the the denver stations can you come in i'm like no i can't come in. i'm in kansas city i cannot come in i said um here's what we can do is um set me up at um at one of your affiliates and i will go down there i have some time so um so I did. And I went down to Fox and um, ABC, I think. And and I did that. And then I, I slid into my, because um, Kansas City is big. If you drive around Kansas City, it is big. It's a nightmare. It's a <laughs> yeah. nightmare. I, I, I have driven through there. And one thing I can't stand about it is all the exits are on the left. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Well, oh man, that makes me nuts. It's, oh, okay. it's so disconcerting because I, I imagine you're like Arizona and everybody else in the Southwest that you exit on the right all the time. Yeah, we exit on the right. Yeah. So, so. it's weird to go into the fast lane to do the exit and you're already nervous and you got people <laughs> running up behind you. So yeah, sorry. been there. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so I did, I did that. Um, and, uh, I slid into my gig 10 minutes before I was supposed to be there and I'm like, Boom, this is living the life. I just did it. So um so anyway, yeah, that and that and he he confessed pretty quickly. I think like it didn't take much uh interviews. Yeah, I think his father came in and pretty much helped um push yeah. it through, but yeah, that so, was not that um convincing. Actually, that's a good one. Who has been the most difficult read that you've had? Well, get this. It was the other day. It was the other day because I watched the Harry and Meghan interview with uh, Oprah. And here is why. Because we have, a, like, I like Harry and Meghan. I think they have gotten the bum end of the deal from the media. Um, I think the family's kind of turned on them a little bit. And um, I just, I like to watch them. And it's, and it's not that I would normally watch them, but the media calls me all the time or, or emails me all the time. Mm -hmm. oh, how's their relationship with the queen and all this stuff. Right. And I'm like, whatever, I'll give you a couple um, notes on that. But um, so I've been watching it for what, two, three years now. And maybe more than that. Anyway. Um, 
I watched that Oprah interview and I wanted everything to be true. So that's what I saw. That's what I saw. And then I got talking to, um, <laughs> to some of the behavior panel guys about it. <laughs> and they pointed out all this stuff that I didn't see because I didn't want it to be the case. Right. So that's hmm. been, that's been the, the one I think that I failed on uh, lately. That's, that's been kind of the biggest one, but that's, that's because we we're still humans, right? We can't, it's really hard to separate out. Um, how we feel. Yeah. How, how we feel versus what we sure. see. And most of the time I'm pretty good and I'm pretty neutral. And my, my personality is, is that way anyway, like politically I'm kind of that way anyway. So it, so it comes pretty easy to me, but this one blew it, blew it. Information bias essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you like them, you're going to look for anything that supports your conclusion that you like them. Yeah. If you hate them, you're going to look for anything that's going to support your conclusion that you hate them. Mm-hmm. How do you, um mitigate that in general because obviously there it doesn't really matter that much because exactly. it's just tv and speculation mm-hmm. but with your employment if you have to actually go do it mm-hmm. is there any way that you can mitigate it like what if somebody looks like someone who was a bully to you when you were 10 years old right there i mean you know what i haven't run into Fortunately, I'm doing really good. Um, so for me to give you a, a system on how I do that, like I said, I I think I learned in um, when I was a therapist to not judge because judgment is is one thing that will cause you to not see things clearly. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and this is, I think, a pretty cool tip for, for anyone is um, to be curious about how behavior gets created instead of saying... That guy's a jerk, right? Or, um, or he's just a bad person, right? And so, Mm -hmm. so if you can start to understand the mindset that, or at least give yourself a short list of the things that could be going on in someone's mind to create that behavior, all of a sudden they don't become necessarily like a bad person, right? They may have Mm. a behavior that I don't like. But there's mm. probably a lot of other good stuff in there. Like, and we talked about that. I know we're going to talk about that later because I know you want me to talk about Lance Armstrong in your bonus yeah. session, right? <laughs> and so, um, so fortunately, I'm able to do that most of the time because I'm not that close to it. With Harry and Megan, I've been watching them for, for years, right? And like mm-hmm. I said, I think they got the bum end of the deal. And I think the media is is horrible to, to Megan. And um, that's what I think. So it clouded. It's funny. I, I, I kind of feel like it's a, a mutually assured destruction. I think that Maybe. the media is horrible to her, but I've seen some behaviors from her that I kind of go, hmm, I don't know, you know, because if you walk into a situation that is so old and mm-hmm. so stayed and you're like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to do that. Well, th- that's automatically you're going to have some problems. Oh, yeah. She's in a no-win situation. There's, there's no. Um, but she was adored when she went in, so it's not like it was you know day one they were out to get. No, yeah, I mean, she, well, she, pretty she celebrated, had a it, right? Whenever you hear like, even when I say, "Oh, she got the bad and the sick," well, like my other self would be like, "Okay, there's a truth halfway in the middle." Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, but see, see with that, I got sucked in again. And so you see how easy it is to happen. Like, I'm okay, not, well, I, I, just, I will nominate you president of her fan club. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I know. So, um, so I, I can see yeah, that. There's, there, there's always like, 
it's important to not like do what I just did. Right. Because what did you do? You make judgments and then you get things wrong. Right. And that's, that's the first key to getting things wrong is to go in with a, with a idea. Do you, do you maybe use, do you use systems to maybe help with that? Like say, okay, uh, to not have a judgment, I'm going to do A, B, C, D to collect info or, or do whatever to kind of just, you know, let a process work versus a, a feeling. Does that make sense? No, it's, it's, it's really just a, a curiosity mindset. And, and that's, yeah. that's the thing. How is that behavior created? Like if you go, hmm, that is interesting behavior. How did that get created? It puts you in a whole different mindset. So it's really, so it's not a system. It's just one question, right? It's just one question. Okay. Well, and I, I can see that too, especially if you're dealing with like a James Holmes. Mm-hmm. Obviously the act that he did was horrific beyond all imagination, mm-hmm. but you have to step aside from that. Right. And you just have to say, okay, how did this person get to the point of doing that act? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do that. And, and, but I'm, I'm detached from it. Right. Cause like, right. so it's easier. It's much easier to, to do that. Um, you know, if, if it was the, uh, guy up here at our grocery store, just around the block from me, like I could get triggered a little bit more. And I told my husband, I was like, I just hope they don't call me. I don't want to do this. Mm. One, right. Cause it, ha- it happened to me. Like, I, cause here's the deal for Can whatever. Turn reason, down? Uh, do what? Can you turn it down and like say, Hey, you know what? Talk to Scott Rouse. He's really good. Well, I, I, yeah, probably just to kind of... I probably have to refer, refer it out. Cause here's the thing that I didn't tell you is for whatever reason that day, right around that time I, I went out, I'm like, I need to go to the grocery store. And I decided to go to the store across town. And I do not like to go to other grocery stores besides mine. Cause I don't know where everything is. And it takes me a long time, mm-hmm. but I decided, and that's what I did. And so divinely I was not there and um it's kind of crazy like the whole thing so would I refer that out probably but I was just like please don't don't ring phone don't do not ring (laughs) I don't don't want this one so all right well let's talk about good phone ringing Mm. you're pitching a tv series right now I am yes do you want to tell us about that yeah you bet um so when the pandemic started what happened for me was nothing that seemed very good at the time because I depend on conferences to make my business work and um, if there's no conferences it means I'm not working Um, finally you know we kind of transitioned into virtual so that's a little better but um, basically my schedule got wiped clean so I had some time so I started a podcast we talked about it's called fraud busting and Mm -hmm. um because because the reason I started the podcast is because I realized I knew how to detect lies, but I didn't know how to run a scam. And so I decided, who am I going to get to talk to me? Well, um, I started making some calls, and it's amazing who talked to me. I told you I talked to the McMillions guys, the FBI guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to um, a mafia princess straight out of Italy who uh, said she'd talk to me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Still, like, it, it was funny because you uh, and she's she's really cool. Um, and you, you go to look at her LinkedIn profile and it's job history is like none, <laughs> like nothing at all. <laughs> um, if you have to ask. Yeah. If you have to ask, <laughs> um, I talked to, Oh, the guys, the DEA guys that caught Pablo Escobar. I um, have too. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Javier and Steve. Yeah, Javier and Steve. Yeah, they're so cool and just really great. And um, so anyway, a bunch of people that I talked to. Um, and I started to like think beyond that. And I'm like, man, I think I think this would be really cool TV. So I developed a TV series. It's called Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And I worked with an Emmy-nominated writer out of Hollywood to help uh, get it just right. And um, I had a, a video crew. I think the biggest day we had was a, a 11 people. And we had five days of shooting. And wouldn't you know it, I got a, I got a TV pilot and I got a sizzle reel and everything. You can look it up, um, Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. And we are pitching it in Hollywood right now. So uh, what it is, is um, uh, it's a fraud story of some kind. But I've gone through and made sure the body language of deception is perfect. And uh, so... You, you might know what happens in the story. You might not know what happens in the story. You might know who's mm. lying if you know your body language. Um, and that's, Hold on. That, I, I'm going to step on that for a minute, and I apologize to interrupt, yeah. but that's a different kind of discipline. Mm -hmm. And almost to be on the Mark Bowden side of things in, in my mind, but reading body language and projecting body language, that's two different things. You know, to, yeah. to perform the deceptive behavior, how did you work with the actors to do this and did you go into any kind of process to mentally get them able to do that? I'm curious. Um, well, my actors were fantastic. Um, I used uh, Katie Sarika and Fernando San Miguel here in, and they're based here in Denver. And uh, the reason I could get good actors, it, uh, they're good beginner actors. Let's beginner professional actors. Let's put it that sure. way. Um, Cause people to be beginner professional are in Denver. Then you go to Atlanta, then you go to LA. I guess that's how it works. So anyway, I was able to get them and I equity? Uh, say it again. They're equity. Uh, no stage actors. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're film actors. So um, are they? Okay. I didn't know there was that much filming in Denver. To, yeah, uh, apparently there is. And I guess down in New Mexico, they have a lot of tax breaks. So a lot of actors shuttle back and forth between Denver and New Mexico. So, yeah, um, okay. I learned all of this, right? So anyway, I auditioned them and I knew that they had to be really, really expressive with their, with their face and be able to do exactly what I needed right on time. And I got to tell you, they were so prepared and so, um, with their lines and so willing to learn. And, um, they just came through with flying colors. And even I've had some of my peers uh, watch the show. I'm like, what do you think? What do you think about the deception? They're like, that is good. <laughs> so. Oh, good. I want to see the um, pilot. And by the way, I got to, um, I'm going to do what you call a callback. Oh. And remember that Megan Markle is an actress. She is. Maybe I could get her on my show. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was going to say that has to give you pause. If you could see them manipulating their emotion to such a degree that would be almost your worst nightmare for trying to read body language, wouldn't it? Somebody who's really skilled. I think so. But here's the thing with actors. So let's go back to Meghan Markle because because that did come up, right? Is that she's an actress. She pulled this time. It's going to leak somewhere. And it did all over the place. But like I said, I was so wrapped up in the story and so for her and for them, I didn't, I didn't see it. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, did she prep and practice? I, I don't know. I don't know. But the signs of dissent are all over the the place and in a couple areas, especially in, in her interview. So, um, but yeah, the, I've never, um, I'm not a theater person. I'd never been around uh, when we were shooting my show. Um, 
actors of that skill level who, man, when, uh, when they did their emotions, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that is so good. Like I cannot tell the difference. And then they sit down and have lunch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, okay. You know, some turn it on and off and it's like a little yeah. spooky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> we have one scene, the, the meltdown scene where I told Katie, um, I was like, okay, bring like, let it fly like let her rip give me a 10 on the meltdown and man she just did it and then the next thing she's fine i'm like okay how how many of these do we have because you got to get it from different angles and and she goes um we got three that's what i have in me and i'm like okay great we'll do three and we'll get everything we need in three and um it was awesome <laughs> so, well, that's fantastic so yeah. okay i am going to end this part and people can find out more about you and your show coming up on your site, which is what body language trainer. Bodylanguagetrainer.com. That is me. Okay. And I'm guessing every everything about you is through there too. Like uh uh Tracy Brown 37, I think is her Twitter handle. I think body language speaker on Facebook. You can find me there. I post a lot of my media. So, um, so yeah, you know, whenever I can help people out, I don't mind sending quick responses. If it's a long thing, then there'll be a charge, but, um, I, Twitter's really handy for that because (laughs) the character count limits the amount that can go across. So you can actually be pithy without being rude. Mm -hmm. One thing that I I do appreciate on that, it it makes for a faster communication. Yeah. If I don't respond on Twitter fast, because I'm just not on there, anything you see for me on there is usually an auto responder kind of update of some sort just i'm just telling you the truth so if you want to get me fast just email me or facebook uh facebook me and or go you know go to my website there's plenty of information youtube i got a ton of ton of um youtube videos um yeah everybody follow me on youtube subscribe yeah Yeah, subscribe on youtube yeah definitely okay and i have one more question for you and i'm going to say it now so everybody who wants to hear the answer Go to unstructured.locals.com. And again, I've done this before. I am not going to charge for it. I'm not going to put it behind the paywall. You can subscribe for free and you'll be able to watch it. I I just want to encourage people to see the local site and what is going on there. Thanks so much for listening. And if you would like even more content and community, please consider joining my locals at unstructured.locals.com. And you can always find out more about me and my shows and everything I do at erichunley.com. See you next time.